and 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 i always say you know that uh, english is not perhaps my first language <laughs> my my first language is paint hey everyone welcome to mark my words the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers i'm your host mark lipton thank you very much for joining me today Hey everyone, it's Mark. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago on on LinkedIn, I started following a, a, a guy, my guest this afternoon, uh, a gentleman by the name of Huzaifa Matawala. And Huzaifa's, uh, him and his family started, they're paint manufacturers. Uh, they're originally from India and they've worked all over uh, India, Africa, the Middle East, uh, and he came to the United States to pursue an opportunity uh, that has to do with recycled paint, recycled material. And it's interesting, his story struck me as really interesting because here in the United States, we think of recycled material as a separate sort of paint, you know, it's it's recycled paint. Uh, but uh, their family, who's been paint manufacturers for over 50 years in India, recycled paint has always been uh, part of the paint manufacturing process. And even 50 years ago, uh, when they were making what we would call virgin paint here, even 50 years ago, when they were making virgin paint, they were using, uh, uh, to the extent that it was available, they were using raw materials, returned paint, and otherwise previously used materials uh, as part of their process. Anyway, I saw him, as I said, on LinkedIn, and, and it looked really interesting. So I reached out to him, and the story is a really good one. And, and so I thought I'd share it with you guys today. And, and I think that what makes him so, what makes this process so interesting to me is it, it solves so many problems while creating at the same time money-making opportunities. And so I'll let Huzaifa tell you all of the details of, of how the program works, but it basically uh, can help turn your unwanted paint to the extent that there is such a thing, your mistints, your damages, your uh, overages, your products that have been discontinued, returns, uh, whatever is the case, it gives you the ability to take all of that and, and actually turn it into a, a tax shelter, a tax deduction. And it also gives you the ability to have that as a profit and a tax deduction as well. And so it's it's a really cool program. I've never heard of anybody uh, doing anything like this, which is why I wanted to bring this to you guys. I know that there are recyclers uh, here in the United States, and I, I know that they're trying to make uh, recycled paint uh, a bigger piece of the market uh, here in the United States, but there's there hasn't been a lot of luck in that. And I, I understand that American consumers uh, can be a very particular bunch. Uh, there are some companies out there that have done a cool job uh, with recycled paint. Uh, there's one company called Recolor who I uh, have had a few conversations with also just through social media. And uh, and they do a really great job with branding. Their products look good. But, but listen, the American consumer wants what they want. And when you're working with recycled paint, you have to take what you can get. Uh, 
And so that I think is a limitation of the program, but Huzaifa's program is different because it basically removes uh, the material from the universe here and it, it, it gets used as a raw material again, uh, but in other markets around the world uh, where, where consumers are not able to be so picky uh, as we are fortunate enough to be here in the United States. And because it's going to people in need, then in addition to uh, getting rid of the material, which may otherwise be in your way or, or just be a burden to your business, in addition to getting rid of the material, you can get a tax deduction as well. And, and so in addition to that, you can also get virgin paint all as part of this same process. And so, like I said, I'm going to let Huzaifa get into the details, but it's a really cool idea. It's definitely worth a listen. And some of you, I think, are going to reach out uh, and and talk to Huzaifa and, and hear what he has to say and how that can affect uh, your business because he really does offer some cool opportunities. So give a listen, shoot me a text or an email. Let me know what you think. Your feedback is always important to me. Uh, and I'm always thinking about what uh, retailers would want to hear when I make these. So please keep the feedback coming and you'll hear from me next week. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, with me today is Huzaifa uh, Matawala and, and Huzaifa is from the Paint Foundation. Huzaifa, how did I do today with your name? Did I get it? Yeah, you, you, you get it absolutely okay. correctly. Yes. I'm, I'm going to take brownie points for that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here on your show today. Huzaifa, you have a really interesting uh, project that you're working on now, the Paint Foundation. And I want to spend most of our time talking about that because I think it's a really cool program that independent retailers will be interested in hearing about. But when we spoke the other day as prep for this, I, I thought how you got into the business and a little bit of your personal background was such an interesting story. So let me start with just that. How did you, how did you get to uh, where you are now? And then we'll go talking about the Paint Foundation afterwards. Yes, Mark. This is uh, uh, a very simple but a very interesting story altogether. Uh, we are a paint manufacturing company, uh, primarily by origin. Uh, 50 years plus of experience, 53 years perhaps. And uh, I'm the third generation in the industry. Beautiful. And uh, originated from India, then in Dubai, then on this part of the world, been in Africa and several locations. So uh, manufacturing paint is something that we've been always been doing. But we used to produce paint from the recycled stuff back there in India. As part of your regular course of business you're speaking about. Yes. Right. So and that's such an interesting part of the story is that even before recycling was a thing, you guys were recycling. Yes. And it is really interesting over here that uh, we used to recycle it and we never thought there is anything uh, wonderful about this particular thing because that was a business model we survived the business on it was more economical for us to uh, receive the non-saleable uh, waste from the larger paint companies and uh, make it a part of our formulation tweak a little bit add certain things and make sure we are able to get something which is saleable in the market so this this recycling comes naturally inbuilt 
So, so originally, when when you and your family got into recycling, you were using that as just an opportunity to reduce raw material costs for the paints you were making. Yes, and we've used uh, in India back then all kind of wash solvents, uh, uh, mineral spirit based items, colorants that have gone wrong, the paint patches from the larger paint factories, rejected material, and most of the times we used to find gold in wow. our in our uh, uh, lifts of the items. And some of the times we used to at least find something that we used to tweak it into uh, some kind of a bitumen or a red oxide batch and have uh, the consistent product in the market all the time. Right. And so I saw you smiling. Did you actually ever find gold in one of the cans? Did that actually ever happen? <laughs> yeah. For, for us, gold is something which has got a lot of titanium dioxide, oh. something which is white in color, something that has got a higher resin content, something which is semi-gloss, right. that is gold. <laughs> right, right, right. Understood, understood. That's gold for a paint person, that's gold. Yes, yeah. And so before uh, before we talk about what it is that you're working on now, uh, we've had a, a brief conversation about the, the coatings market in India in general that I thought was interesting. It's very different than it is here in the United States, right? It is extremely diverse. There are so many medium-scale, large-scale companies. Uh, if I would, uh, I'm sure, don't quote me on this, but even just in Mumbai, there are about 500 companies, smaller, larger manufacturing paints. Wow. There are thousands of factories in India wow. uh, operating from a warehouse, a garage, a kitchen of a house, a very small place, three people, five people, with maybe a turnover of about $1,000, $1,500, dollars $2,000 a month. But they are into manufacturing because they stir it, grind it, and they produce that kind of paint. Right. And and so what is the market like there? Is It it must not be brand sensitive, I wouldn't think, uh, if, if there are so many different manufacturers and so regional and local. Uh, I would suspect that consumers there are m more willing to just take whatever brand is available to them. Yeah, this was a situation about 10, 15, 18 years ago. But off lately, uh, people are more brand conscious due to the advertisements, the media, and recognition towards quality and the larger companies spending a lot of efforts in uh, putting up the quality of the product, explaining the painters, having the meats. But at the same time, there are medium-scale industries that have become larger industries. The smaller-scale industries have become uh, medium-scale industries. So there is a lot of uh, growth within the industry also. Right. And and so are any of the brands that that American retailers, American dealers uh, would recognize, are any of them available in India? Well, I think uh, the largest uh, Indian manufacturer is... Uh, uh, is collaborated with PPG is what I believe. Asian Paints yep. is a very strong brand. Then there is Berger Paints. Then there is Nerorac. Uh, these companies also have uh, their uh, their factories and locations in Africa, Middle East, and several other locations. Right. But so, so PPG is the only n national brand here that you recognize from uh, your time in India, making paint in India. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing now, the Paint Foundation. Uh, uh, that's what started this conversation uh, between you and I initially, and it's it's a really cool thing that you're up to. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. 
so back then when we were recycling in india in in dubai we were manufacturing paints i had an opportunity to travel several times to us uh, visit a few paint manufacturers paint recyclers and what i was able to see is there is a lot of material that needs to be recycled over here mm-hmm. than anywhere around in the world yep. this is one thing that was my observation and uh, and i really when i put myself into this i fixed myself very nicely into the entire puzzle that i am a solution provider i have the market i have the manufacturing knowledge and i can provide the solution to the larger companies and there is so much of pain that is going into landfill or fuel burial so this really it was an important cause to me so i i i divert more of the energy and efforts in spreading awareness with the factories retailers associations uh, not only in the us now we 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 doing things globally also and informing them that there is a possibility of a reuse option of a circular economy of all kind of paint related waste and paint raw material items that could be stopped from going into land burial or fuel blending mm-hmm. so this is what inspired me to bring up something that is more beneficial to the industries and the and the factories right setting up a found, setting up a foundation was a very good idea because this provides and justifies the entire project to the best of its capability and so you are effectively a a a not for profit foundation right you're a 503c or whatever they're called Yes, this is called five zero one C three. Right, C three. And, and there is an advantage to this because uh, when when I realized, you know, when we were we were always receiving paints at a zero value or a lesser value, we were manufacturing of it, and we were eventually shipping the paints into African and the Indian and those um, uh, needy communities at a very very low price, where the price of any other higher brand was maybe twice or thrice higher. Right. This was a business model, but then this this is a little bit of charity model also, if you are able to provide something with a with a benefit. But now with this five zero one C three, the store owner and the manufacturer gets the benefit of the tax because now we are explaining it to them that this is a charity, this is a good cause. And so the benefit that they're getting is the tax deduction associated with. the value of the materials that they've sent you correct yes now for example uh, a can of paint a gallon of paint if it has a selling market value of say 35 dollars there is nothing wrong with the paint but just because the customer tinted wrongly or he does not want it yep. that paint that paint is eventually most of the time sent into garbage or fuel blending or land burial there is nothing wrong with the paint now if we are able to take that particular paint and give the advantage to the store owner or the manufacturer because we are going to reuse it so he can claim the 100% value that $35 as a tax deduction in the 501c3 as a donation to the charitable institution mm-hmm. the job is the same the work is the same that that my grandfather did 40 40 years ago but we are perhaps trying to do it in a more organized manner so tell me you guys are working with uh, manufacturers and retailers as well tell me a little bit about what you're doing for manufacturers uh, quickly and then we'll we'll spend the rest of our time speaking about what you're doing for dealers yeah 
So with the paint manufacturer, a, a paint factory essentially produce all kinds of lines, water base and solvent base. And uh, as a non-profit 501c3, uh, we are able to receive quite a lot of things, all kind of industrial off specs, batches gone wrong, expired materials, uh, missed in customer returns, overproduction, items that were previously produced and the customer rejected back. So these kind of items are the first category of the things. The second category of the things are the raw materials, the expired raw material, the, the changes in the formulations, and then the raw material stays there for a long time. And then we have got uh, uh, something which is uh, imported wrongly, which is stored for a long time. So, And the third item is the waste stream. Now, this is a waste stream. We are not able to take everything, but we are able to guide the manufacturer how to reduce the waste and use it in the particular batches in, us in such a way that they have a minimal amount of waste, making us receive those items and reutilize it into our batches of production. Mm -hmm. So these are three, three places where we are able to help the paint manufacturer or a paint raw material manufacturer here. Interesting. And and so that's a little different from what you're doing with uh, paint dealers. It sounds to me like from the manufacturers, you're getting uh, uh, probably larger quantities of material that are not even really paint necessarily. They're just a component of the paint. Yeah, it is paint or anything related to the paint. And paint means a huge category from aeronautic to marine to water-based, to solvent-based, to alkyd stains, right. to powder coatings. This is a huge... And you take it all. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy that we are perhaps the only company that is able to have so many solutions. That's toward this. very cool. And so for retailers, uh, they obviously don't have uh, that kind of... Uh, uh, need for you know there's there's not solvent washes in a paint dealer's store right so all they have is is basically just uh, paint that's already been made uh, so the program for them would be would be different and it's basically a, a program that helps them manage mistints correct and and customer satisfaction issues returned paint and what have you yes so the paint store uh, usually could have about a couple of pallets here and there every alternate month. This this is the maximum uh, wastage that I could probably think of from a paint store. But a paint paint store could collect the material from its contractors and the community also, charging a nominal fee to them and helping uh, the material to come into the circular economy. So a paint dealer can collect material from their customers and and charge for that as a so they can do that as a profit center and they can collect and hold that for you to pick up yes in a so i'm sorry please go ahead yes this is uh, this is the proposed program that could run with the retail stores and that retail store could have so many people coming into their stores to return paint and they would benefit from that but a customer walking in taking a walk in a store, looking at the things is a prospective uh, business 
acceptance also. Right. And <clears throat> excuse me, what about uh, the paints that you can take? We talked a little bit about the raw materials that you can take. The paints that you can take are, generally speaking, un unlimited. You could take water-based paint, solvent-based paint, epoxy paint. You can take anything. Yes, we, we, are, we are able to take all kinds of paints. And, and so a, a retailer even who collects mints, mist tints, I had two stores in New York. And if I'm not mistaken, you, you are in New York City, correct? Yes, I'm right here, South Patrick Park City. Yep. And, and so uh, uh, at my stores, I would say every year we would accumulate, you know, somewhere between two and four pallets just of mist tints. Uh, you know, colors that we had gone to make that either failed for some reason or another, some of the can spilled and so it wasn't usable anymore or the colorant didn't come out straight or a lot of times we had big piles of paint uh, from customers that weren't uh, satisfied. We gave them a different color. All of that, you can, you, you have solutions to all of that just by ex taking the paint. Yes. So, and do you charge for that? Do you charge the dealer for that? Yeah, we, we would approximately charge from two to three dollars per gallon and uh, this is for the water base and uh, probably the same for the solvent base also uh, the usual programs for solar solvent base are a little expensive everywhere yeah but here there is there, there is a quite a few advantages that we have in our program with the dealers here that the amount of fee that they would be paying to us would run as a donation the right. mistint paints that we will be receiving would run as a donation to them right so this is this is an immediate tax tax advantage benefit to them right here and the I benefit like does not yeah and and uh, mark the benefit does not end over here we are also coming up with a program to match the donations or the receipts from the dealers and donate an equal amount of the new paint back into the system like for example if i received say $15,000 from a particular location from where we picked up paint. Now we could deliver that store paint equal to $15,000 of that money. So that money is again coming back into the use. So, so they would have $15,000 worth of paint to sell plus a $15,000 tax deduction plus the material is, is out of their hands, no longer their problem. Yes, and what paint they would get? They would get the new paint. Right. They have an option to they have an option to take the recycled paint also, and and what we propose that we propose that this fifteen thousand dollars paint that we give back to the stores, uh, we uh, we would like the store to do a community service with that kind with that kind of uh, benefit that we are able to give. But then that's a decision of a store how he wants to. Right, and and what sort of materials can can retailers get back? They can get uh, semi-gloss white, they can get flat white, they can get eggshell, they can get satin white, latex-based paints, interior, exterior. Right. Wow. So you, you are able to recycle and still make white paint? No. From what we receive from there, we would not be able to make the white paint. Oh, I see. You're, you're, you're sending them a different $15,000 worth of paint, not associated with the specific recycling that they've done. Yeah, they have an option to gotcha. receive the recycled paint also. But my, my understanding that within the U.S. and the developed economies, the market for recycled paint is not very strong. It's very low, yes. It's very it's slow. Very low. 
And and so what you're doing then is making virgin paint, yes. and and basically giving it to them for yes. the price of for the value of the donation that they've made. Absolutely, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's and, like turning and, your paint store into a tax shelter. Yeah, I'm glad we are able to do this and. There is a lot of uh, study, there is a lot of research, very amazing costing and calculations behind what we are able to do. And I'm I'm sure there would not be anybody else who can match this kind of a scheme into the economy. Circular economy, business model, ta tax benefit, community service, yeah. everything under one roof. I like it. I like I like that word scheme. <laughs> but it's not. It's 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 listen, the the government provides these uh 501c3 opportunities to people and and good for you for for figuring out a solution to a problem that also uh creates tax benefits. I I think that's fabulous. And Mark, uh, this uh, does not uh, just end over here. We give certificates of uh, corporate responsibility. Uh, to the stores, they are participating with us on this. The store owners and the employees get certificate of excellence for creating sustainable circular economy. And these certificates they could use as a goodwill in the store. They can use our paint foundation logos certified uh, for their website on their marketing materials to make uh, awareness of this particular thing in the community that uh, about circular economy. Very cool. So I had I had made some notes. I, I remember thinking uh, it was very cool to hear you talk about how you actually recycle it, uh, mm -hmm. the, the methodology that you use. So from the time a dealer calls you and says, I've got some paint, Huzaifa, that I'm ready for you to pick up, uh, until the time it's put into a can and, and sent back out, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, so what we are able to do is uh, we will set up the retail store in our system and uh, they will be able to collect the paint from the community, from the contractors, fellow contractors, from their misprint stocks of paint, from the expired items that they don't know what to do of. And once they have three to four pallets of material ready, we would perhaps uh, be able to pick it up from their location and that material is, uh, we've got two projects right now. In certain places, we bulk the material and then ship it to our manufacturing plants. And in some cases, we are able to send the material as it is to our location plants for recycling. This material goes into our plants for the cans are opened, the material is sorted, and respectively bulked into the particular uh, uh, variants of its compatibility and colors and shade wise it, this this four lines is quite a big of a process than just uh, such a simple thing it is very complex how we do it and uh, then when we make our batches of production we are able to correctly use these received materials bulked it together into our different batches of productions checking its compatibility its strength its color its which resin it was, which solvent it was, and how old it was. Processes like filtration and checking and those things are done. And then we are able to get a final product out. It all depends the mixing into our batches from 20% to 90% uh, 
depending on what we've opened, what we've built, what we are producing, what we are using, where we are selling, what price we are selling, and how it is going. So there are so many checks. And and so the uh, the the process that you're talking about for those paints, it doesn't really exist to make them white. Those paints are effectively recycled and, yeah. and, and not virgin. And so those are all uh, uh, colors that you're not necessarily in control of. And so how do you find a market for that? I, I do understand you don't sell that in the United States, but how do you find a market for that when you don't necessarily know when you make it what color it's going to be? Yeah, so we, we, have, uh, we are able to tint the color using the tinters and the color concentrates we also produce uh, pigment paste and those a few of the raw materials in-house. So we are able to tint them into the correct uh, final color. And uh, we have about 50 to 60 different kind of colors. So we end up touching it into one of the colors. So uh, if it is a red, it could be one of the five reds that we have on the shade card. Right. If it is a yellow, I have one of six yellows. If it is a beige, I have seven beiges. So that color will will be tinted into that closer particular shade and we are able to produce it and sell it into the market and these are the developing uh, countries whereby the need of a larger amount of paint is a necessity and uh, quality is a parameter and we make sure that we have a very good quality of material our paint is recycled but our paint is very good quality at the same time it is very good for the american market also the other manufacturers, perhaps the other recycled brands, are not able to reach there because the recycle content in that paint is very huge. Yeah. In our paint, we are we are modifying it and very slowly manufacturing it, and we are very cautious about the quality. And and so, do you find because of the market here in the states, which is so heavily dependent on premium products, do you find that this is a better market for recycling? How has been, what, what has been the reaction here in, in North America to your program? Uh, as far as recycling, receiving paint is concerned, we have a, a very good response from the manufacturers, from the stores owners, from the group of stores owners. But uh, as far as selling the product back in the market, uh, people are not very confident right. with the recycled paint. There are chances of the grids, particles, color variations, settling, smelling, but over a period of time, uh, when more and more nicer, cleaner, accurate brands, correctly formulated, come over here on the decks of the stores, there is a market in the long run for the recycling. And, and have you uh, done any sort of significant outreach to paint dealers uh, up until this point? Or is this a, pardon me. Uh, or is this a, a new program uh, that you guys are just starting with? Where are you at in that process? Yeah, this is a fairly new program with the paint dealers uh, right right now. Uh, with the industries, we are very good. With the raw right. material industries, we are good. But right. for the paint dealers, uh, we are still spreading the news, getting them listed, and trying to have more and more stores in the network that can help the community and the industry with the recycled paint. Right. And so what kind of response have you uh, had from dealers in the United States so far, specifically the dealers and retailers? Yes, uh, this is a very, very nice program for the retailers. And we have we have a mixed response, to be very frank with you. 
most of the dealer, dealers are interested in recycling and reusing but then most of the dealers who are not able to become a part of a program are having issues with the shortage of space shortage of manpower or excess changing seasons of handling and storing this material but if, if those things could be correctly settled i think uh, this program is a win win for everybody right and so one of the things that i think about is uh, as we're as we're chatting is for me at my two stores we we were pretty careful and and so we didn't make a tremendous amount of paint maybe three or four pallets a year would would include all of our damages our mistints anything that was discontinued so not that much material you know considering how much material we were handling does a does a retailer need to have does a dealer need to have a, a certain amount of a volume of this material that they're giving you to participate does it need to be a a monthly regular pickup or can i call you once a year for four pallets you can call me once a year for four pallets we prefer picking up all the four pallets together than rather doing one every okay quarterly. your preference would be for retailers to hang on to the material and when they have a, a reasonable amount by your standards 3 to 4 pallets and so that's really the only inconvenience of the program is they've they've got to store these 3 or 4 pallets over the course of you know the months in a year until it builds up to uh warrant to pick up but other than that you you guys come you you take the material out of there and and that's it it's it's gone forever yeah i mean i would prefer at least 3 pallets for a pickup because the logistics and everything has to uh, be cost effective so that is the criteria right and and you can do this anywhere in the united states right now correct Yes, we could do this anywhere in the United States right now. And where are you bringing the materials, you know, right now here in the United States? We would probably uh, receive it in our warehouses. Um currently we have something set up in New Jersey. And uh, but again depending on the on how good the program runs in different states, we could have individual warehouses set in the particular state. and our team of people could handle and make shipments from there and there and this is uh, possible right now with one warehouse in new jersey but with increasing volumes and uh, more and more stores coming into the network we can do the program more effectively right well uh huzaifa this is a really cool program uh in my opinion and i i wish you a lot of luck i've seen what you're doing on linkedin i've been following you for uh a number of months there now and and i think that this is really important work not only uh was this environmentally a problem for me as a business owner who was uh looking to be environmentally conscious uh with the waste that we were generating but it's it's a money making uh and a money saving opportunity and 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 so i i think it's great that's that's why when we spoke about it the other day you know as as soon as we were done i was like we got to get on a podcast cuz i think what you're doing is really cool and so i wish you the best of luck Yeah and uh, thank you so much and I I I encourage more and more associations industries communities stores to come forward and participate in the recycling circular economy programs could be mine could be the paint foundation could be any other programs within the community associations charitable or non charitable but this is an significantly important step we all need to take for 
the betterment of our climate, weather, and uh, community. So, like I said it on the LinkedIn once, uh, uh, a recyclist or an environmentalist is somebody who can save a future catastrophe or a bigger problem from coming. Well, I think that is an absolutely terrific way to end it. So, Huzaifa Matawala from the Paint Foundation right here in New York. Thank you so much for joining me today. I, I really feel like I learned a lot and I appreciate your time very much. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. This is a pleasure discussing with you and uh, I'm glad we are discussing on these things. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher. 